Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. We all know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year, currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So, how does it all work? First, go to tantralabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at tantralabs.io. Or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website. All right, what's going on, Cryptocurrent crew? This is Stephen Miller. You're watching Cryptocurrent Live. Here's my co-host, Richard Carthon. Richard, how are we doing today? Doing well. Uh, crypto's back up and prices are going in the right direction and a lot of good news has come out recently. But how about you? How are you doing today? Oh, I'm having a great day. But look, this is another edition of Cryptocurrent Live. We're glad to be here. We've got a lot of great stuff to cover for you today. We're going to be getting into a good old-fashioned buy-seller hodl to start out covering some of the latest news. We've got Crypto Decrypted on deck where we've been talking about the current market sentiment. And then, of course, we're going to tie things off with blockchain bets. So we had a great show ahead. And I think that it's just about time that we just dive on in. What do you say, Rich? Let's do it, man. Let's get after it. All right. So this first article comes courtesy of you. So I'm going to uh, bring this up real quick. So that you can talk to us a little bit about recent developments in CBDCs. Absolutely. So um, there's been quite a bit of development this year in the landscape of central banking, uh, decentralized currencies, um, digital currencies, if you will. Again, that's uh, central. um, Sorry. Central bank digital currencies. Yes. Central bank digital currencies. Sorry about that. Something just popped up. Uh, 110 US countries and counting um, a lot more starting to come on the horizon right now. There's only one CBDC in circulation, which is the Bohemian Sand Dollar. But you're starting to see other countries that are trying to bring this into fruition. I believe Nigeria is another one uh, that is about to be the second. And you're going to see even more coming. I know that uh, Switzerland is another that's really trying to push for this. China is probably the largest. Um, they are making the largest push to get this going. And here's why. I think CBDCs are both good and bad. Um, Good in the sense of a lot of transparency, a lot of speed in which if there's government assistance providing money, it can move and flow a lot faster. Prime example, when the country shut down last year and the stimulus went out to a bunch of people all across the country, you, of course, had to file your taxes. You had like a bunch of other little things that you have to do to be able to get it. Now, with something like a CBDC and having a wallet that the government essentially can go back and forth from, they could have sent everyone their money just like that very quickly and identify. Now, there's a lot of use cases for that. 
and a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad. Um, the government can now watch every single thing that you do. So it's also going to be very easy for the IRS to be able to look at very large transactions. And depending on how you file your taxes, they can be like, well, what happened to this transaction over here? What happened to this one right here? And again, because it's on the blockchain, very transparent, can't really hide against it. So there's going to have to be some regulations and thoughtfulness that goes into how they go about doing this. I think the real model to go and look at right now is seeing what China's going to do. So um, I think China's going to have a keep ruling with an iron fist and watch every single thing that happens from their citizens and how the money is flowing, especially because a lot of wealthy Chinese uh, investors are starting to go overseas for their investments. It's going to be a lot harder to do that if they're going to force everyone to go into CBDC because again, they can start tracking and monitoring everything. So again, um, good and bad. I think we are a ways away from really seeing mass adoption of CBDCs. But I think ultimately, as we kind of go into this next decade around uh, making digital currencies, uh, there's a lot of pros and cons. But for your diehard crypto enthusiast, I don't know that uh, they're going to be on board with having the government being able to see all of your transactions. Steve, what's your take on it? Look, Rich, I'm not really convinced that we need to be worried about this just yet. Um, as much as I think it's interesting that the IMF and damn near every bank in the world is now starting to come out in favor of cryptocurrencies in some way or another, the whole CBDC argument to me almost seems moot, especially here in the States. Because in the States, everybody pretty much has consensus that like we are at least four years away from being able to, de to deploy a CBDC. Everywhere else in the world, you start to run into these conflicts. And I'm going to get into this a little bit later. But the biggest thing to me, like overall, when you consider the concept of a CBDC is control. Um, that to me is really, really concerning because a government can easily start to flex power over its people with this sort of thing. I mean, you've already said it. China's doing it right now. We'll be doing it as they continue to roll out the digital yuan, but um, I'm not, I'm not yet convinced that it's the right move for society. Um, but I, I am really fascinated by the fact that the Bahamian sand dollars actually in circulation now. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I don't know that this is gonna. I think this is more of a decade thing to be looking out for. I don't know that's going to be anything immediate that people should have their ears perked. But like again as you foundationally look at where this is headed, even looking at what Facebook is trying to launch their own stable coin. I mean, what happens when Facebook says, for you to do all your advertising, you have to use our stable coin. You're going to do it. Most people's businesses thrive and run on Facebook. So now you're basically dealing with this new you know, Facebook coin. I forget what it's, what it's called. Um, but all the same, slowly you can start having these own economies where also because of transactions and again, everything being transparent, you can now follow the money in Facebook. So even with things from like politics to everything else, technically, if they wanted to release, hey, how's this money flowing? You could follow it. So again, there's pros and cons. Ultimately, I think in the long run, uh, I don't know how I feel about Again, governments being able to have full transparency into how everything goes. But again, it makes it transparent for literally everyone. So it'd be government officials too. I'm sure there's still like ins and arounds around it, but I'm just, I'm just going to leave it there. I think 
something to be looking out for, nothing to do immediately with, but just wanted to make sure everyone was aware of this. Yeah, I was going to say, because this isn't your traditional buy-seller hodl, I want to pose a different question to you. In the case of a CBDC, would you rather see a nation deploy a CBDC or would you rather see mass adoption of something like Facebook's DM? Because that was the one you were referring to. Which which of these cases? Because one, you have like a corporate technocracy and the other one you have like actual governments, whether it's democracy, you know, socialist republic or whatever, um, deploying their own CBDC. Which of the two do you see as the more viable solution right now? So presently, it's, it would be Facebook's DM, but ultimately, I still it's CBDC, and the main reason is going to be more for countries that have been known for a lot of corruption and everything else. You can follow the money. It, it's going to be make it very clear where are taxpayers' dollars going, uh, where are government officials spending their stuff. If if the if as long as CBDCs make their blockchains truly transparent and accessible that anyone can go and like follow the money. I think in a lot of ways, it's going to make a lot more people honest. Okay, you can only hope for it. So look, the next piece of news that I've got for you actually comes a little bit inside today. Um, we've got a really great opportunity that's actually come across our door. And that's that we're going to be going to West Texas to the town of Marfa um, this upcoming weekend to showcase the Art Blocks house opening. Um, it's their first gallery opening. And to me, that's a really big deal. We have not seen an NFT play um, or even a massive NFT project like Artblocks that's curating artwork um, in the crypto space, put out an actual in-person gallery. We've seen, you know, in VR, we've seen a whole bunch of detail from that. Um, but this is really exciting to me. So I wanted to make sure I at least shared this news up front. Um, if you do have any interest in going out to see the Artblocks house in Marfa um, this upcoming weekend, it will be open Friday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and then over the weekend, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. But they will be doing some special collectors meetups and featuring multiple panels with artists and other collectors um, just kind of throughout the day on Saturday starting at 9 a.m. So we wanted to make sure that you were aware of that. And then the other piece that I wanted to bring up, which is my actual piece of news for Buy, Seller, Hoddle this week, is this really interesting piece that was put out by an anonymous person online, but he goes under the moniker of Punk6529 from the CryptoPunks um, art uh, distribution in the NFT space. And he posited a question that I thought was really, really compelling um, over the course of the last week. And it was about what we're going to look like as NFTs move into 2030. Um, so to start this thing out, like I just want to give you the top five points because to be frank, like if you want to go back and read through this, you should. Uh, but it's 32 individual tweets that he threaded together. It's really, it's really, really depthy. There's a lot of high-level concepts in there that you kind of need to be able to read and then reread and digest again. Uh, but I wanted to share my five big takeaways from this with you because I think it's really, really powerful for people to start to understand where NFTs are headed right now. So the big takeaway... Number one that he had off this entire thing is that right now, and this kind of speaks to the CBDC point, modern society has become totally reliant on trusted third parties, TTPs. Um, these are your Googles, your um, payment providers like Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, and even to like your utility providers, depending on where you are. If you're in Louisiana, it's Entergy. If you're in Arizona, it's APS. There are a ton of different TTPs that currently have full 
control over our data. And that's super problematic because they can flex that against us. So 6529, as I'll continue to refer to him here forward, posits basically three things in this string that he's put out. The first is that BTC basically solved decentralized consensus. We can agree to that. Centralized consensus is currently everywhere and that TTPs bring anti-competition and effectively present a bigger macro issue in true existential risk. What Richard was talking about earlier with the CBDC and how you know a government can actually almost become totalitarian over its people with something like a CBDC, that's what we're talking about here. It's an actual existential risk to society. So what is the solution? And that's where things start to get really interesting with this thread. Punk, Punk 6529 goes on to say that right now the solution is decentralizing social systems. Basically, he is putting forward that NFTs, as we see them developing, are decentralized and they represent basically global culture through like the non-fungible ecosystem. And it's never going to be impeded upon, especially in places like the US, because NFTs are protected by free speech. This is a really big deal. And I think that people overlook in the NFT world, the actual utility and reason why NFTs need to be a part of our larger um, culture. And it's because of the fact that like you, like you can't have it regulated the way that people um, in government want to regulate DeFi. It's not something you're going to be able to step on top of. So right now, where we're at in the current NFT timeline is we're at this internet moment, right? Like back when the internet came out, it was an epiphany. And that is occurring within the art space. So all artists are having to change the way that they deliver their art. Galleries are having to change the way that they show art. And every single person in that, um, call it a supply chain for a moment, is being turned on their ear. But realistically speaking, 6529 is saying that the scope is a lot bigger. And if you look at the uh, timeline that is below his initial tweet, you see exactly how this timeline kind of takes um, form between 2020 and 2030. I'm going to see if I can zoom in on this a little bit for you guys, just in case you can't see it super clearly. So right now, we are here, right between collectibles and art. My scrolling is a little bit weird today. And for all those listening in, just so you know, it starts at 2020 and goes to 2030. And it goes collectibles, art, gaming, brands, culture, metaverse, off-chain assets, and off-chain governance. And what's really unique about it, and this is the thing that really caught my attention, is that where we are, not only do we have a ton of room to grow, but this whole phrase that like we say all the time is like, you know, you are early to this space. It gets me fired up that like there's so much that needs to be developed still and so much opportunity out there for creators and people that want to frame the next era of the internet. And as art continues to grow, gaming is going to start to swallow the entirety of the fungible market because you're not only going to have actual video games, you're going to have gamified assets. But here's the neat part. Brands are also going to get eaten by NFTs and culture will start to flow from that. Basically today we see like a brand like Supreme 
as integral to society. It has this pop culture relevance and people demand it. But Board Ape Yacht Club is the decentralized version of, of Supreme. It is a brand in its own right today. So this is the first framework that we're being given in decentralized um, landscape of a brand forming, but it's a decentralized brand. And that it is completely in demand and it's influencing culture. Again, we can dig into each piece of this, but I really wanted to focus on the very front end of this is that this is where we're headed. It's a really logical step by step by step by step. So as we zoom out now and bring it back to 6529's final point. Well, that's a bit too far. final point was, again, just as I just said, we are still early. So do not take what I'm saying in like this little summary of what 6529 brought forward as an endorsement to go and buy all the NFTs that you can find at your price point. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is do your research, go read 6529's tweet. But to me, this is a very, a very HODL indicator in the world of buy, sell or HODL to me. Richard, do you have a perspective on this that you want to, I guess, interject when it comes to buy, sell, or hodl? Or do you just see it from this perspective that 6529 is putting forward? So this is definitely a hodl for me. Um, one of the things I always go back to personally is that you have to play the long game when you think about crypto. This is a long-term game. And a lot of people think uh, think of collectibles and NFTs as a quick fix and flip, and which some of them can be. But if you have the resilience to have some diamond hands instead of these paper hands and really start to see where our industry is growing, you can see that there's a ton of opportunities that you can find early, hold on to for a little bit longer and turn it into an even more massive opportunity for yourself. Um, but the first is, like you said, DYOR, do your own research, which I want to do a quick plug. We actually dropped an article on that today for some different crypto language. If you are new into the crypto space, you're trying to figure out what's going on, um, you can go to Cryptocurrent today. We just dropped a brand new article that gives you some of the different slang that you can um, learn about uh, when people are talking uh, and using the different crypto slang that is out there. So I, uh, as far as the buy-sell hodl, I see this as hodl news. I think this, 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 you think you did a really good job of speaking to why people need to continue to spend and pay attention to where we are in the NFT market, but also showing where crypto as a whole is, is, is headed as we have a lot to still grow into this next decade. And look, again, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and echo what you're saying. This is a hodl piece for me. I think that every single thing that 6529 is putting forward right now makes a lot of really clear sense. So for those of you that are joining us at home for the very first time, understand that here at Cryptocurrent, we are all about bridging that gap between those who do not know much about cryptocurrencies with thought leaders in the space. 6529 is one of those leaders in the NFT world, though while he is anonymous, he is one of the people who is an absolute thought leader. So I encourage you, go follow him on Twitter. I believe, again, his handle is at Punk6529. He's an absolute revolutionary and he's been putting out a lot more great content like this throughout the last couple of weeks. Um, so very worth checking out. But before we go forward again, I'd like to encourage everybody, please do us a favor, like this video, subscribe, hit the bell so that you get notifications of every single time we come online. We'd love to see you back every week. But if you have any questions for us, hop in the chat, send us a message and Richard and I will gladly field it for you live.
Um, next up on our show, we have a recurring segment that we do every single Tuesday called Crypto Decrypted. This week on Crypto Decrypted, we are talking about market sentiment. So Richard, in the world of market sentiment, do me a favor, give us a quick overview of what market sentiment is, what it means. Okay, so market sentiment is just overall talking about what are people talking about and feeling in the overall market. So uh, right now, when we talk about bullish, bearish, that is what we're talking about. So when the market sentiment is bullish, we think that uh, the market is basically indicating that there is should be price increases, that the prices in the overall market should be increasing, market cap should be increasing, etc. When there's bearish sentiment, that's the opposite. People are, are selling. They're getting uh, rid of some of their assets or they're taking some profits. Uh, they are trying to find a new entry point and going back to some other previous language that I've used which is looking for levels of support and looking for levels of resistance. So right now, when we are in an, a, a bullish sentiment, that means we have found some support and we're looking to go to the next level of support or a level of resistance. And if we break through that next level of resistance, trying to figure out where that next level is. And um, currently, I would say that we are in a bullish sentiment. Bitcoin right now is over 50,000. Uh, that is uh, one landmark that we've been looking at as far as a level of resistance. Right now, the next level is around 42, uh, 52,000 of the 53,000, somewhere in there. And if we break through that, uh, we could see the next play going up to about 57 to 58. Now, we were at a level of support. And in the last week, in the last couple of weeks, we saw Bitcoin fluctuating um, between 48,000 and 40. Now, there's a major support that was found around 40,000, which is great. So a lot of people were feeling pretty bearish over the last several weeks. But with 40,000 holding pretty strong, having really good support, we've seen more and more money flow into the market. And also looking at market news, everything that just announced, um, you have the SEC It's basically saying they're not going to go after crypto and, and say that it's not legal, um, which is great. And you look at uh, a, a lot of other things that have been going on in the market. It's turning the sentiment away from bullish to now looking at, uh, I mean, away from bearish and now looking at the market as more bullish. Great. So look, the next thing that we want to do with this type of segment is let you guys know not just about like what market sentiment means and what we mean when we're explaining it on the show. But we want to give you resources so that you can continue to learn from it. So as we move forward, we're going to start getting into tracking market sentiment and what you need to be aware of. The first piece of which is looking at Bitcoin search trends. So when we're talking about Bitcoin search trends, we're talking about going into Bitcoin's, not Bitcoin, Google's analytics and searching Bitcoin and seeing what the actual public search volume looks like and the public interest is over time. So as you look back here, um, you can actually see that there was a big spike right towards the end of 2017, which directly coincided with the last cycle pump. When Bitcoin was at its peak, I believe it was the end of December in 2017, you found that exact peak. And then all of a sudden, when the market shot to hell, it crashed off and it never recovered. So when you're looking into market sentiment, you can see not just the positive of whether or not it's bullish or bearish, but you can start to generate thought around, is it currently popular? Is it currently being thought about? Most of the time, sentiment starts with the public discourse. Are people talking about it? And Google is the best way to determine whether or not people are talking about it. 
You can see right now in the last year, that volume has started to peak up again. Right now, we're at a lull because people are still right before the next pump. They're not necessarily totally bought in yet, but you will see, and I can almost guarantee it, that we're going to see a takeoff here shortly after this type of mirroring occurred in early 2017. So that is our first resource for you. But Richard, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Fear and Greed Index? So um, the Fear and Greed Index is basically a really good indicator of where people are right now, like going back to that bullish versus uh, bearish sentiment. Um, basically, when people are feeling greedy, they're feeling like, hey, uh, to the moon. Uh, another another phrase a lot of people say is basically when crypto is exploding and you, it, it's going up and up and up towards the moon. So right now, we're kind of in this good area of um, people feeling really positive about this next potential pump. A lot of people think right now that we are heading into the last crescendo as we go into the uh, end of the year. They were looking for certain thresholds, certain levels of uh, support and resistance to be built. And right now, again, we just went through a level of resistance around 50,000 uh, BTC. So now people are feeling a lot more bullish on putting more money into not just Bitcoin, but the rest of the market as well. So um, people are starting to feel a little greedy. That means when people are feeling greedy, they want to double down. They want to put more money in and the opposite. Now, extreme fear. Fear is when it's ice cold out there, when everyone's selling, where price is barely moving. And you know you could see prices fall off a cliff. Um, that's when people are absolutely... Um, Everything's negative. So something that I, I forgot to mention about sentiment earlier that Steve just mentioned that I definitely want to bring up is news. What are what are the articles talking about, right? If you go into like the last week and you go on the you know different uh, whether it's a Google search or you go to like CoinDesk, Cointelegraph, etc. What do all the headlines talk about? Is it bullish or bearish sentiment? And so those are also like a reoccurring theme of like a lot of media will help drive what the current sentiment in the market is as well. So definitely want to put that on your um, horizon as well. So even right now, I guarantee you, like right now, if you're, if you're listening to this or you're listening to this tomorrow in the next couple of days, go look at the different crypto news channels out there and just see how much more positive the news is currently. And there's one other piece to this, Rich, and I want to make sure that I pop this up. It's the fact that with fear and greed, there's also a counter strategy that you want to be able to be knowledge, knowledgeable about, right? There's an old saying within this you know, conversation that says, sell into greed and buy into fear. Reason being in the crypto space, specifically with greed, we understand that people want to continue to hoard and hoard and hoard. So if we're moving into a greed phase right now, more and more people want to acquire, acquire, acquire. If you were the smart you know, individual who bought during the fear phase, you can sell into that greed and take profits. Um, it's just another piece of the strategy that you need to be aware of as you're moving forward into crypto landscape. Now, the next, great the next piece on here for market sentiment, another great resource for you is the Bitcoin Ruple chart. Now, the Bitcoin Ruple just expands upon what we were just talking about with fear and greed. It starts to build in um, that fear and greed in index visually with the actual Bitcoin chart. So you can chart historically where that greed and capitulation came from versus when we were in euphoria. So you're, you can see at the top of the screen right now, the actual um, formula that the relative unrealized profit and loss chart actually tells us. So relative unrealized profit or loss equals the current market cap of Bitcoin minus the realized cap divided by the market cap. 
And effectively, as you can see, as the chart kind of evolves here from 2014 on, we see these red peaks. And this is when, again, the market reached euphoria, is when we found peaks in the price point of Bitcoin. Then when it started crashing down and the market capitulated, of course, prices were at a low and those were good times to buy. If you were to trace all of these low points, these all were the best times to buy given where we were headed in the market. So for right now, as you can see where we're at, right now we're clearly in the optimism and denial phase, meaning that as we start to trend up, we're going to get into more, uh, more strong greed and eventually into euphoria. And that's when we're going to start seeing the right moments to sell and get out. So Richard, on our next one is a big favorite of yours that I'm aware of is the altcoin season index. Can you tell us a little bit about how this, how this tracks market sentiment? So it has everything to do. I mean, typically Ethereum is leading the charge, but it's starting to take into account a lot of the other alts as well. So Bitcoin dominance was always a thing and uh, leading up to basically this year. So Bitcoin dominance was always somewhere between 60 and 75%. And we've seen that trend go down and down and down to where now Bitcoin dominance has been between 40 and 47% roughly for the last several months. Now with that typically means that we're in an alt season, which all the same, alts are greatly outperforming um, Bitcoin on the year, um, depending on which ones you're looking at. But there's several out there that have greatly outperformed Bitcoin. Not to say that Bitcoin hasn't had a great year. All the same, when you're looking at alt season, that is kind of like a, a fear greed index, but as it relates to alts. So people are currently trying to find different times of when they should be pouring more of their money on more or uh, getting away. I don't want to say just the blue chips that are alt, but like the greater alt market. And it kind of tells you some good indicators of when might be a really good time to be accumulating and when it might be a good time to be taking profit. So right now, now's still a good time to be accumulating because we're not even, not even at 50 cent. We're still a little bit low, below 50 cent, uh, 50%. We're at 43% right now. So right once you, once you see it start to get to 60, 65, a little bit more up, that's when you might want to consider if you've bought and you've been able to get a pretty good um, ROI, maybe take a little bit of profit, but also know that as that uh, starts going up a little bit more into more and more alt season, um, that's when you're going to start seeing these alts pricing just absolute start skyrocketing. And that's when it's, again, a good idea if you're going to take profit, take some um, and let your rest of your, your alts continue to thrive. But that this is one that I really, really enjoy looking at. And again, it's between all season and Bitcoin season. When you were in Bitcoin season, it's also typically an indicator that uh, sentiment in the market is down. So again, Bitcoin dominance typically going back up. People are going back into safer blue chip types of cryptos, which are typically Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those are your two that a lot of people are accumulating at the end of the day. So and and mostly it is Bitcoin. So once you see Bitcoin season starting to happen. We know that we're pretty much uh, getting a little bit less into bullish territory um, and a lot more into bearish. So right now, even though we're closer to to, to Bitcoin season again, now is a really good potential accumulation time for alts because um, I believe we still have another solid alt season in front of us. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And again, I think that when it comes to market sentiment, this one is one that is a little bit more complicated. Right, because it's not it's not an A versus B or like something that's really really binary or even a, like too much of a emotional spectrum player. It's more so just understanding 
like where the market wants to put its money at any given moment. Do they want to be aping into um, you know more Bitcoin or do they want to be aping into altcoins? That's just a piece of understanding that we need to give you. The last piece that I want to bring up is something that we've brought up a number of different times, whether it's on our clubhouse or here on Cryptocurrent Live, is the Bitcoin rainbow chart, which is based loosely on the logic behind the stock to flow model. Um, this is essentially tracing on a logarithmic view market sentiment about where we're at within the current um, having cycle. So if you do not know already, Bitcoin has this periodic halving that occurs where it basically cuts in half the amount that is rewarded to the miners when they successfully mine a block on the blockchain. And as you see on this rainbow chart, it goes from blue up to red and each of them has its own um, specific um, sentiment attached. So during times of extreme bullishness or like when we're at a market top, it's where you're in maximum bubble territory. If you start approaching this, get the hell out, right? But you see it start to decrease as you go along here because again, it charts the rainbow above the top. So where we're at right now, we are nowhere near the idea of like, you know, the chart telling us to seriously get out. We've only made it up to FOMO starting to intensify. We've basically just been questioning whether or not we're in a bubble right now. So after we saw that crash in April, we started seeing a market sentiment shift towards hodling what you have. It's still cheap. And accumulate more Bitcoin. So this really is an indicator of the overall market. Because again, right now, everything follows Bitcoin's price movement. It naturally has to. So to me, I think this is a really valuable piece that people need to consider. Um, even a little bit more often than they currently do when they're looking at like what exactly the market feels about um, the current condition. So Richard, we just went through five specific um, tracking, tracking resources for looking at market sentiment. The bonus that I wanted to give people is to follow Santiment Feed. Santiment is a paid resource for tracking market sentiment. Great, great resource. But on their Twitter feed, they actually do release from time to time some of these charts. Um, very worth looking at. But I wanted to ask you, what is the current market sentiment given all the things that we've gone over? Is it in fact what we called in the thumbnail? Are we currently flipping bullish? Yes. Short and sweet. Yes. Everyone's been looking for October. Uh, the time has come uh, between just market sentiment and a lot of technical analysis looking towards this month and next to be the the big run up plus industry news of both US news and international of uh, being a little bit more crypto friendly. And, and this is actually more targeted towards the US um, and how they're going to do uh, taxes and uh, are they going to go after crypto? Looking like no. So all of the right market conditions mixed with market sentiment is it's it's bullish time. I think and, and again we've already broken through fifty thousand. A week ago we literally I think we're right around what 42, 43. Um and now we're back up to 50. Like the run in the last week is nuts. Go look on a chart, it's crazy. Um I think again if if Bitcoin can do its thing and break through this 52 to 53 range and get up to 54, it's it's we're off to the races. And look, I can only hope for the same, right? I mean we're all in this same exact boat with you. If you are 
you know, a crypto newcomer, if you're in the middle of it and you consider yourself more of like an intermediate level of knowledge, or even if you've been in it for a long time, we are right there with you. We want to understand market sentiment just as well as you should want to. So continue to, again, push your, push your threshold. Try to understand things on a deeper level. That's, again, what we preach here on Cryptocurrent. So before we move into our next segment, I want to go ahead and just give everybody a reminder. We had a couple really great interviews up on deck this week for you. Um, Richard just yesterday released an interview that he did with Kijan Seo from Planetarium, where um, they're basically working on a big community gaming platform. Richard, is there anything you can tell our listeners about um, that interview? First of all, and I, I even say this in their interview, pay attention to, to gaming and crypto. First of all, if you're not in gaming, period, just get in. Secondly, gaming in crypto is going to be one of the next largest waves to come into the space because um, it, it combines so many different aspects of all the beautiful things that make crypto as amazing as it does. The first is that it's incorporating cryptocurrencies. Then, or The first is that it's built on blockchain, first of all. Second is uh, a lot of crypto plays in it. You're building in DeFi. You're bringing in NFTs, but not just NF, like any NFTs. You're bringing interoperability where you can have this really, really cool um, NFT that you use in one game and then cross it over into another. And then being able to just move like a really, really cool tool that you then can trade with someone else. It's like all the amazing things wrapped into one metaverse. And there's so many different ways that this industry can grow that I didn't, my mind wasn't even ready to, to hear yet. So uh, we say, I've, I've said this a lot in, the, in previous interviews. If, if, if you hear someone say it over and over again, several guests keep on saying, pay attention to, uh, to crypto gaming, pay attention to crypto gaming. We finally got somebody in the space who's doing really, really dope things in, in it and does a really good job explaining uh, his project, what he has going on, but also just the greater uh, gaming space. Definitely uh, highly recommend going to check it out. Well, definitely check that one out. Again, that was Kijan Seo from Planetarium. Um, that was released just yesterday. You can find that on our podcast platform. We release our podcasts on every single major directory, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You pick, it's there for you. Um, but you can also, of course, watch that interview back here on YouTube. So again, another big reason to smash that subscribe button and click that uh, bell for notifications. So um, the other thing that we had coming up on Thursday is another interview with Warren Paul Anderson from Findora. And at Findora, they're talking about programmable blockchain privacy. A definitely different take on privacy on the blockchain. So well worth looking out for. And again, if you subscribe, you'll get notified as soon as that episode drops. Next up, one of our favorite segments on this show is called Blockchain Bets. Blockchain Bets, every single week, Richard and I will take you through three coin calls that we have where we take you through a blue chip option, we take you through a mid cap option, and we take you through a micro cap option. So this week, as we start out, we've got a new grid up. So Richard, you are going to be our first man up today. What is your blue chip pick for the week? What is going to be the big gainer this week? All right. So, you know, I was going back and forth on this a couple of different times, but what I ultimately landed on for this particular week was to move forward with ADA. So that's Cardano. Um, again, it 
finally launched its first smart contract. It's been having some pretty good traction. And what we saw was the run up to around $3 all the way back down to below $2. And it's been consolidating. I think as we go into this next potential run up in the overall market, this could be Cardano's moment. And I think this week uh, could be the week that helps jumpstart it in the right direction just from, again, the amount of accumulation it's had. And there's no, there's been no major news for why it should continue to be going down. Like we talk about market sentiment, it's kind of just in this lull and it just needs that one moment of, of a tick up from a TA standpoint or from just a community coming together and getting behind it to have it again, go back to its um, all-time highs around three and, and then blowing through that. So I think that moment could happen this week. And that's why that's my pick. But how about you? What are you looking at this week? All right. So for my blue chip pick this week, I'm going with Chainlink. And I've got to tell you, I think that Chainlink has been one of those plays that has just been disrespected over and over and over again. Um, Chainlink 2.0 was announced, I want to say, at the middle or end of April, right before the crash happened. And we didn't get a chance to see Chainlink run. But from what I'm hearing, Chainlink actually has some really big uh, news coming in the next couple of days. Keep your eyes and ears to the ground um, and stay up to date on Twitter. There could be some really big announcements regarding Chainlink's, de Chainlink's development toward their 2.0 drop, um, which is again scheduled to come out, I believe, fully in 2023. So that is my pick for this week is Chainlink. Um, but let's move into the mid cap. Again, mid cap picks for us are any coins that have a market cap rank of 26 to 100. So Richard, I'm going to bring up your mid cap pick. Tell us about it. So my mid cap is Celsius. So um, I have talked about this earlier in the year. If you are with us on Clubhouse, I'm not going to bring this to you here um, on our CC Live Crypto Decrypted. If you're not on Celsius, highly recommend checking it out simply because it's one of the few places where you can push your crypto and earn crypto rewards weekly. That's right, weekly. There are places in, in cryptos that you can get into. So prime example, um, Polygon is one that I owned earlier in the year, which is gone up. But what is great about it is that they will give you a 10% APY on it and they will pay you out again weekly. So what's great is, is if you have something that you're going to hodl anyway, or that if you do want to make liquid at any point, you can because there's not really a lockup period, if you will. So you just let it sit in your wallet, you get your APY on it, you get sold out on it. And and if you want, also you can get rewarded in, the, in its own currency, which is the sell coin. So really cool things, a lot of really innovative things that they keep bringing uh, to that. And it's it's also been doing pretty well in the market. And I think it could still continue to climb even further. So I'm going with Celsius this week. What are you going with for your pick? No, I just got to give you a tip of the cap real quick. We don't bring Celsius up enough on Cryptocurrent Live. They really are a great play, um, especially in the near term. I'll be honest, I'm starting to get a lot more skeptical of platforms that are you know focused primarily on staking as their main value, pro uh, main value prop. Um, just because of, again, I think that... DeFi is going to be largely regulated while we're in the next bear market. But my mid-cap pick this week is going to be AMP. And for those that don't know AMP, it's a good thing that you don't know it. Because eventually, it's going to be everywhere. And you're not going to know that you're using it, but you will be. Um, AMP is basically a payment railway the same way that XRP is a payment railway within the banking system. AMP is a payment 
payment railway in retail and the transmission of actual goods. So to me, I think that not only fundamentally is AMP a really strong coin, but AMP also has not yet made a true recovery to its all-time high and also has not seen like massive, massive momentum in its price at the very least in a couple months. And to me, I think it's not only overdue, but they're saying that there's a lot set up for AMP in October. And I think it is more, more than worth keeping on your radar. And I think it, whether it's a good pick for this week, it is definitely a good pick for October. Um, so Richard, let's get into our DGEN play where we get into our DGEN casino picks. Um, in the micro caps, we have every single coin from 101 to 300. And most of the time, folks, just a quick reminder, these are our, our highest risk plays. Um, but oftentimes with that risk comes higher rewards. So Richard, tell us a little bit about BIOS. All right, BIOS. So we have OX nodes, which is working on a couple of really cool things. One of the main ones is um, they call the kernel. And so it's a, basically a pooling system. So it basically is allowing for fractionalized reserve pools and they allow you to release your assets in aggregation of uh, protocols and expose them through a bunch of different modules. So it's a whole bunch of fluffy words that essentially say they are putting together these pools where you can put in your money and then it's going to support a bunch of other pools and that you would get rewards back. So you're helping to support a lot of things like a Uniswap, like a... Um, um, a couple of like a quick swap, a bunch of others that are out there that need to have the liquidity so that whenever you exchange from one crypto to another, uh, you can do that. And there's a bunch of other things where they're working on like interfaces. So if they want to work on like NFTs and other things, you can do that as well. They have a lot within the roadmap that is really exciting. And they have a really, 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 really cool um, dev team that is pulling a lot of that together. So it's a little bit of a longer play for me, but I think um, it has a lot of legs. And um, it could get back to um, its original ICO uh, pricing, which it's still very much below. I think, again, as we potentially see a next run up, hopefully in, in the near term, we could really see that one start to explode. So I'm going to go with BIOS. Awesome pick. So the next pick and my final pick for this week's blockchain bets is going to be Affinity. You've heard us talk to you about gaming a lot. I wonder if you've picked up on the trend. Because frankly, there is no bigger play right now than gaming. It is going to be absolutely explosive in the next cycle. But I think that it has a ton of room to ride the hype at the end of this one. So do not sleep on gaming at large. But within gaming, there's one name that currently kind of stands above all the others in terms of a total ecosystem. And that is Engine. But Engine Coin also has two new coins underneath it now. One of which is Affinity. Affinity is going to be their NFT um, cross-platform provider where they're going to directly be plugging into Polkadot's parachain ecosystem as well as trying to start moving um, NFTs... Um, what's the word? Interoperably, there we go, um, across other chains. So keep an eye on Affinity and just as worth an honorable mention real quick, also worth keeping an eye on Engine Starter. Engine Starter is the launchpad platform that Engine just recently launched. I believe the IDO was October 1st. Um, both of these projects are well into the microcap world, but Affinity has not recovered since its launch. I think this is probably mostly in part because Polkadot has not yet seen its big run 
and it has not yet launched its parachain auctions in a really material way. So my pick right now as a value play within microcaps is Affinity because when this thing runs, it's going to explode. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for blockchain bets this week. Richard, how do you think we ended up here? Man, it's, I think this is a solid amount. I mean, from the blue chips to, to what's coming, they're all solid projects. And again, the thing that we want to put on your mind with a lot of the products that we're exposing you to, um, even though we're going from a week-to-week standpoint, we also are trying to look for plays that could be here in the long run. Because again, you want to find projects that you think aren't just going to be here for the short run and you you know make a, a quick buck. Because yeah, there, there are some that are there, but again, the longer plays are the ones that are ultimately going to get you your 10, 50, 100, thousand X. And ultimately, we're trying to get people there and we want to expose you to opportunities that we think potentially could get there. Yep. And I'm right there with you, man. We're going to continue to, again, bring you these calls week to week. Um, and it, as Richard had said, all of these calls are picks that Richard and I, whether the market crashed today or tomorrow or even a month from now, would still hold on to if, God forbid, the market did come down. We wouldn't be selling the bottom on these coins. So that just about is going to do it for us this week at um, Cryptocurrent Live. Richard, while we wrap things up here, um, are there any final reminders that you'd like to give our audience? So um, we have a new series that goes out on every Wednesday. So for one of our hosts that comes on here, Chris Canoros, he's been starting to do some segments where he's doing a deep dive into various talking points uh, that you would learn want to learn more about. So for example, um, last week, his very first one that he talked about, he talked about smart contracts. What are they? Gives you a really good synopsis on it. Highly recommend you go check that out. He has even more great content on the way. And of course, there's a... Uh, Cryptocurrent Live on Fridays, which is the Aftershock Show. Um, Steve, you want to speak a little bit more about that? Our Aftershock Show basically brings you a quick wrap-up on the week's news and focuses specifically on the biggest, most important news of the week. Um, Chris and I partner on that one for every single Friday's live cast, and we will be putting that together actually a little bit early for you this week um, because I'm going to be out in Marfa, Texas, again, covering the Artblocks gallery launch at Artblocks House. So again, friendly little plug for you. Definitely worth checking out if you're in the West Texas area, in um, specifically Marfa. That's the Art Blocks House launch. It's going to be an absolute blast, and you'll be able to catch coverage of that later on this weekend when we post a quick editorial piece for you, um, showing exactly what happened while while we were in Marfa, as well as what they've been rolling out at the Art Blocks House. And I think we're even going to be able to get a little bit of a commentary from Snowfro himself, um, and be able to tell you a little bit more about what Artblocks has in the pipeline coming up. But look, that just about does it for us here at CryptoCurrent. You've been watching CryptoCurrent Live. We appreciate you being here every single week. Join us next week. Hit that subscribe button. Crack on that bell. Let us know that you want to be here and see more of this content. Leave a comment as well. Please let us know how you're enjoying this content. If we can improve it for you, drop a comment below. Otherwise, have a great week. And as always, friends, stay Cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from PJ Nick. Always great and helpful content. Definitely useful for helping anyone that wants or needs to understand more about the cryptocurrency that's out there. Highly recommend a listen.
We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.